Well, praise God. Get your Bibles out. And if you would, uh, go to uh, the book of James chapter 1. Now, before I get going in the message, I just want to tell you all this morning that, you know, Brother Ivan was here. I hope you all were all blessed by that. Amen? No? Don't have him come back? Scratch him off the list? Have him come back? Okay. Well, uh, I just want to make sure. Yeah, I thought maybe y'all didn't like him or something. Uh, no, but he's, he, he uh, preached a great message. But, uh, you know, the, for so many years at Casa Angelina, you know, we have teams coming in every month or every other month. And February is always a big month that a lot of teams come in, a lot of people come in. You know, there'll be 60 to 120 uh, individuals come down from different churches and uh, be there. And then, you know, all the needs that we have that are just just like you have needs at your house, you know, for a little something, a little, you know, you just need a, a new pillowcase or this or whatever, or a new bed or, you know, one jumped up and down on the bed and broke it. And so now we had to buy a new one or something. You know what I mean? Those kind of things. And uh, so then people are always there. So we just have a needs list and somebody say, oh, you know, here's a hundred dollars for buy the bed, whatever. But since all the COVID stuff, we don't have anybody, any teams coming in. We have nothing going on down there. So there's been a, 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 you know, a real need coming up. And so when Brother Ivan was here, I, I, uh, I talked to him and about, you know, what's going on? You know, what do y'all have needs of? You know, whatever. And so he tells me all kinds of crazy things. And then so I think, you know, we better get the real scoop on this. And so I, I got hold of Bethany, his daughter, who runs everything down in Costa Angel. And I said, Bethany, what are y'all's needs? Well, it was kind of like different. Than... <laughs> so then I asked Ivan, I said, which do you want me to go with? Your needs or what she's saying? He said, no, you better go with what she says. You probably better go. So anyway. So I just want to tell you all this. Uh, we were able, because we've been setting money aside, and we were able to do probably the, one of the largest one-time offerings we've ever given, uh, Casa Angelina, and take care of all of their needs that they had. Uh, we were finishing uh, a, a building that, that had been built, but nothing was done on the inside, no windows, no doors, no anything like that. Uh, furnishing it, everything for our college-age girls to go into so that we, then we can get them out of the houses and we can bring in more new children into those houses and clean space for that. Then we took care of all the needs, whatever they had. Need a stove, we got a stove. You need a, uh, a fridge, you got a fridge. You know, we just went through and did all that. I'm not on? Uh, I even had my microphone. That's all I can say. So anyway... We were able to cover all of those needs, send a huge offering, bless them. And so God bless you. Thank you for your faithful giving. And man, it's getting good use. Good use. Amen. All right. We okay in the sound world now? Don't make me throw down. I was going to grab the old handheld. How's that? All right. I'm not going to shave, so. Okay, so I don't know if y'all have noticed, but there's kind of some crazy things going on in the world. Has anybody noticed that? Just like, like everything's just insane. You never know what's going to happen. You just, you know, if you look at the headlines, you never know what crazy things going on, what, what's taking place. And, you know, I've been doing a lot of praying because I feel responsible, not just feel responsible, I am responsible for you as sheep that are coming here to Living Waters Church and everybody that's out there watching 
on the water hole and, and all that. You know, I give y'all good information that I'm, I'm on top of things and uh, feeding y'all uh, what you should be fed to be prepared for what's coming. And, and I've been asking the Lord for a long time. I was just like, you know, what in the world is going on? This is nuts. And uh, not really getting much back. And then all of a sudden, it's like all of a sudden I started feeling like the Lord was really speaking to me and, and giving me insight. And then I, you know, when that happens, all you really have to do in life is stop and listen. Because if you just stop and listen to what everybody's saying around and what's going on in people's lives and what's taking place, you can kind of hear what everybody's facing, what everybody's doing. And so obviously there's a shaking going on right now, right? I mean, things, things are, are, are getting shaken up, getting kind of crazy. And uh, out of the chaos that's going on, I just want to tell you what God wants to do. Out of the chaos going on right now, God wants to have your eyes, have you wake up to see the power and the glory that he wants to pour out in your life. Amen. How you want to be, how he wants you to be the Christian that he, Jesus bought and paid for on the cross. I believe right now we're in, a, we're, we're in this crazy time. On one hand, I do not see good in the future. But on the other hand, I see great in the future that Christians are going to get hold of the word of God. They're going to start believing God. The body of Christ is going to come together. You're going to see more power. You're going to see more victory. You're going to see more uh, of God moving in your lives because you are getting a revelation and drawing closer to God in this time. I believe it with all of my heart. I believe God's just waiting on you. If you think you're waiting on him, he's waiting on you. All right. But we've got this issue going on right now. The issue is we're distracted. All right, we're distracted. We're distracted with all the things going on in the world. I mean, like, I mean, I, how many of y'all, how many of y'all really, when it snowed here, you know, we had the, 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 the whiteout of 2021 in Utopia. How many of y'all were just like, what next? I mean, what else can go wrong? I mean, like, next thing you just start think, you know, Peacocks are just going to start falling from the sky or something, you know. I mean, you just can't imagine what kind of goofy craziness could go on next when we've got a foot of snow and it's five degrees, right? And you get to that point to where you're just like, what? Because it's just like you're fighting everything and then it just keeps building. But what happens is it becomes a distraction. Everything going on in Washington right now is a distraction to keep you off of what God really wants to do in your life. Now, James 1 here is not a fun chapter. Nobody likes it, but I'm preaching from it because I know it's God. It says, James 1, 2 says, brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Nobody wants to hear that. That's like saying when everything's going bad, be happy. I mean, that's like a, that's just, this don't make sense, right? But if you start to look at things as, oh, yeah, there's obstacles right now. There's problems right now. There's things going on right now. But then you're going to get to see the power of God move. Then you can start to have some joy. Folks, listen to me. The wicked aren't going to get away with what's going on. The wicked doesn't win. I've already read the end of the Bible. I've already read the end. They lose. I mean, it's not going to change. This is not like a football game we're watching to see, oh, what if this... uh, Oh, they're going to win. Oh, 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 hope they can kick a field goal. No, it's already, the game's already been won. Amen. We're just having to walk it out. Glory. 
And in this fallen world we live in, there's trials and tribulations. There are going to be issues. There are going to be problems. All right? So let me ask you all this question. How many of you have ever had a vehicle that, the, that you went out to start it one morning and it wouldn't start because the battery is dead? Raise your hand, please. Okay, so we're in a pretty good crowd of all who have experienced the... Right? You're right? We're all in agreement? Okay. So there really wasn't anything wrong with your vehicle. There was nothing wrong with the motor. There was nothing wrong with the, 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 you know, the fuel getting to the motor, or there was nothing wrong with your pistons or your crankshaft, or uh, the motor was totally, completely able to run, right? You just had to have that battery charged up so, so it could send the voltage to it and it could spin fast enough to get the thing to fire and ignite and the motor would run, right? Well, what I believe is there's a lot of Christians got a dead battery. Here my example this morning. There's a lot of Christians got a dead battery. And why is their battery dead? Because it's gotten all the energy drained out of it from, from the distractions going on in life. The battery's dead. The car's not starting. You don't really have any power. But I believe God's going to turn it on. He's going to get your battery charged because we're going to understand how to walk in the Titus effect. When you understand how to walk in the Titus effect, it's going to start to bring power into your life. And then once the power is brought back in your life, your motor starts. All of a sudden, you become the powerful Christian you're supposed to be. All of a sudden, discouragement and despair isn't a part of your life. Heartache and sadness, and just, you look at it and say, God's bigger than that. But we got to get there. we got to get our batteries started. Amen. He says you're going to have trials, but we're supposed to face them with joy. Now, look at 1 Peter 4.12. 1 Peter 4.12. It says, Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing happened to you. But have you ever noticed that Christians... The minute something goes wrong, they immediately start to ask God, what's wrong? What did I do wrong? Oh, uh, you know, why, why is this happening? Oh, my God, this shouldn't be happening. Well, you know, because you see somewhere down on the inside of us, and sometimes we've gotten our doctrine wrong, that we believe that because we became a Christian, we shouldn't have a problem. Or if it did, we can rub the magic genie of prayer and then poof, get your answer the way you want it to, like you want it to, when you want it. Hello? And so Christians have gotten discouraged because they think, oh, well, something's wrong because something's going wrong. No, he said in this world, okay, there's going to be trials. All right? Then he goes on and he says, but rejoice to the extent that you are partaking Christ's sufferings, for when his glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. Again, we're talking trials and joy trials, and we're supposed to have joy. Are y'all with me that that just doesn't sound like I'm talking right? Not trials and sorrows, but trials and joy. But we don't look at it like that. Now, I don't preach anything to y'all that I don't practice myself. Now, you got to understand something. I, I'm, I, I, I like things to go right. Robert does. I'm tired. I don't like dealing with it. And after a while, I start getting tired. I start getting mentally tired. I start getting fatigued, physically tired. My soul get tired of myself. And then I just start pushing because I want it to go just like I want it to go. I am tired of it. I get grumpy, 
gripey. That's total being grumpy and whatever, you know. I, I, I just start griping. I complain. I'm grumpy. I, I squeak. I deal. My wife tries to stroke my head and calm me down. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. And then before long, I'm just mad. And then I'm just kicking and kicking. Why isn't this thing working right? That's me. That's your pastor. <laughs> and so lately, I've been trying the Titus effect. I've been trying to take this up. So every time something happens, this is what I do. I start singing Amazing Grace. Amazing Grace, how sweet sound. Saved wretch like me. Thank you, Lord. This thing's going to move. I have your abundant grace abounding towards me. Lord, whatever this trial is, whatever's going to work, however it's going to work out, Lord, I just thank you. You're going to make it happen. See, I'm the kind of person that like I start on Monday and I start thinking about how's the week going to go. And then, you know, I need to do this, 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 and this, and this, and this, and this, and this, and, you know, six, I need to be in six places at the same time on the same day. Anybody have a day like that? And so I'm like, how's this going to work out? How's this going to work out? What am I going to do, Lord? So I used to try to fit it in and make it all work out. Now I just sit back and say, God, I just thank you for overwhelming grace abounding towards me today. You're going to make it all work out. And I just start walking. And it is amazing how God will begin to arrange things. And I didn't get to kicking and fighting and grumpy, and God began to move. John 16, says, in this world you're going to have tribulation, but Jesus said, be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. Again, we have tribulation and cheer. All right? Now, listen to me this morning. God has already made a way for you to walk in victory. I do not care what your situation is or what is going on in your life. God has already made a way for you to walk in victory. But are you going to apply yourself and walk in it? Are you going to give up and sit by the side of the road? Look at the person beside you and say, man, I just love it when pastor preaches like this. I mean, you got to, folks, listen to me. None of us, we all want it. I know we want it. We, we've, we're such a society that's gone to the, to the you know, fast food mentality of everything. We just want to pull up to the drive-up window and order it, and it comes out. And have y'all noticed how now all of a sudden you're like pulling to a line? You're like, what? What is this? I'm having to wait for my fast food? I mean, you really want it, you want to think about it in the car, and then you just pull up and they hand it to you. That's truly what you want. And then the slower they get, which they're not getting any slower. Do you realize that? You're just wanting it faster. So then we carry that right over with God. And we make our prayers. We want fast food prayers. We want them instantaneous. We want to say, God, you know my thoughts. Why isn't it here? Hello? Hello? We don't want to work at any of it. We don't want to apply ourselves. We don't want to learn to read. We don't want to learn to quote. We don't want to learn to speak. We don't want to learn to do walk in grace. We just want it to happen. So Ephesians 1, 3 says, you've already been blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. It says, God has blessed you. Everybody say, he's blessed me. Come on, say it like you mean it. Say, he's blessed me. You've already been blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. How much more could you need if you've already got it all? 
So again, there's nothing wrong with the motor, just the battery's dead. You've already got it all. Tires are up, it'll run, everything's good, just your battery's dead. 2 Peter 1, 2 says, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Grace and peace be multiplied to you. Grace and peace be multiplied to you. Grace and peace be multiplied to you. Grace and peace. Those are two pretty good things, right? Grace and peace. Grace means God's giving you everything that you have need of at that moment by his power and his ability, not your power and your ability, and then peace. As his divine power is given to us, all things. How, how, what, what does all things not cover? Does all things cover diabetes? Does all things cover coronavirus? Does all things cover idiot people? <laughs> Come on, admit it. All things, all things. Right? His divine power is given us all things that pertain to life. That's where we're living right here now, now, life. And godliness, what we're going to be living in on the other side. Through the knowledge of him who called us by his glory and his virtue. See, in other words, he's given to us all things. So when the devil convinces you God's not answering your prayer, he hasn't given you all things, it's, that's baloney. Because the Bible says God has given you all things. You just may not be applying it right. You may not be walking in it right. You may not be understanding it right. So the battery's dead in your car, and you call the guy to come out and check your tires. And he says, there's nothing wrong with tires. Tires are right. Well, I don't know. The car won't start. He says, well, I don't know. Tires are good. So he goes. You call the guy at the filling station. Hey, can you bring me five gallons of gas? Car won't start. Oh, you're out of gas? I don't know. Car won't start pouring five gallons of gas. That's what Christians are doing. They're running around pouring in gas when they don't need gas. They need their battery charged. They don't need their tires fixed. They don't need it. You know, some Christians are going around saying, I don't know. Just call the guy and let's detail. Just wash it and detail it. Maybe it'll start. Looks pretty. I'm telling you, God gave you everything you need to walk through whatever you got facing you right now. Depression, discouragement, failure, whatever. He's already got it because his grace abounds towards you. But are you willing to pay the price to find out what you've got to do? Are you just going to keep trying to fix a car like you're going to fix a car? I remember one day I was down the valley preaching and uh, I came around a corner and there was a lady there and she, her car hood was up. And I thought, man, do I stop? You know, and, you know, it could be a setup. Somebody could try to knock me in the head. And, and I thought, ah, oh, well, poor thing. And I, I'm going to stop. So I pulled up and said, ma'am, do you need some help? And she says, I have jumper cables. I, I just need a battery. And I was like, at least you know what's going on in your vehicle. I popped the hood. She slapped them on there before I could even get out of the front, started her own car, took them off, said, thank you so much. Shut them. I was like, yeah, you must have either been practicing or something, you know. It's a consistent thing here needing a jump, but you knew how to do this. But do we know what's going on when a trial comes our way? Do we say, oh, hey, you ain't going to get the best of me. I know what's in here. Let me go dig through my grace package over here, everything God's given me, and this is what we're go- weapon we're going to use to destroy you. Okay, 
Hebrews 6.13 says, For when God made a promise to Abraham because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself, saying, Surely blessings I will bless you and multiply, I will multiply you. So after he had patiently endured, see, oh, we hate those words, patience and endurance. Patiently endured. No, we want it instantly. We don't want no patience and endurance. I'm telling you, I've seen things in my life. I've been walking with the Lord long enough that I've prayed about. And then 20 years later, it came to pass. And it, it came to pass. And I almost forgot that I ever prayed about it. And I was like, wow. And then I get to thinking, Seemed like that was such a long time, Lord. See, I wanted it instantly. But he says, surely bless you, so I'll bless you, multiply, I'll multiply you. So after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. You see, folks, we got to get tough right now. And we got to quit being Christians and just lay down at everything. We've got to be tough. We've got to stand up for what's right and stand up for what we believe. We've got to stand up for what the word of God says. We've got to truly do what the old song says, standing on the promises. We've got to be Christians who rise up and say, no, we're Christians. And this is what works. And you're not going to take, talk me out of it on anything. I'm going to go forth because God is with me. He has blessed me. And this is the way it works. And let me show you how it works and have the power and the confidence and trust in God to see it happen. Amen. Then the world will look at you and say, man, what you got going on in life is good stuff. I need some of that. So that scripture there said he blessed Abraham. But Galatians 3.13 says Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. And he became a curse for us, for curses everyone who hangs on the tree, that the blessings of Abraham might come upon us. So what I'm trying to show you these scriptures is you're blessed and nothing can take it from you if Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. End of story. There's no argument with it. All of heaven is yours. Whether you believe it or not, you say, well, I don't know. I don't think God would give me that. You've been deceived. You're wrong. Your fault. There's not one of you sitting in here that the first Corinthians 12 talks about the gifts of the spirit and the gifts of things working and manifesting in life. That there's not one of you in here that is a born again Christian, that all the gifts of God are not available to you if you want to pay the price to get them. But do you want to pay the price? Because it costs a price. It costs a price. It's not going to come to you. It's not going to go up and just get it and. And, 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 and it's no big deal. No, it's going to cost you. It's going to cost you to when your character is going to have to be developed. You're going to, have to learn to keep your tongue in your mouth. So, well, I don't want to do that. I just want to speak my mind. Whatever I want to speak my mind, bless God, I just want to say what I want to say. Okay, well, then, you know, you're not going to go far in the kingdom of God then because you're supposed to walk in love. Are y'all with me? There's nothing he's withholding from you. The dumbest book I've ever seen, the dumbest title of a book I've ever seen, because I did not read it, was a book that was written, and it was Sometimes God Answers No. Let me tell you what, God never answers no to you. God always answers yes. The promises of God are yes and amen to those that believe. That's what the scripture says. But it's yes and amen to those that believe. It's not yes and amen because you ask, it's because you believe. There's a whole complete difference in that. Okay, so let me get down. Let me just pass all this up. Y'all aren't looking like you're, like you're liking this much. <laughs> Titus chapter 2, verse 11. Y'all are just looking at me like a cow going through a new gate, like you don't want to do it. Just kind of looking like something's up. He's going to get me somehow. Don't let my guard down. God's going to do, he's going to take something from me. I know it. 
I can't wait. Just, just shortly, we're going to have all new cameras in the church, and they're going to be one's going to be right over there, shooting back to y'all. Yes, sir, Bob. I'm going to have so much fun with it. I'm just going to snap my fingers and point at Jake. He's going to go. Anybody goes to sleep? I mean, you better take you some no-dos or something before you come to church. You better say, oh, yeah, I'm here. Praise the Lord. Because we're going to be Titus chapter 2, verse 11. Here it is, the Titus effect. The apostle Paul's talking to Titus, and he's, he's, he's giving him the letters and instructions. It says, for the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present age, looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us, that Every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people, zealous for good works. Speak these things, exhort, rebuke with all authority, and let none despise you. I read that during the, 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 the snowstorm of 21. And the Spirit of God just jumped out and hit me and just opened my eyes to this and said, look, look what's going on. And I, can't, I see it everywhere in the scriptures. But I call this the Titus effect because if you, he's giving Titus instruction to instruct all the people on that if you can get this and you can get this understanding down on the inside of you, then you can walk in abounding grace. But you have to do it. The first thing was to walk in the Titus effect. The very first thing you have to do is you have to realize salvation is more than just getting you to heaven. Salvation is God's grace abounding towards you that you have the power to walk in everything you've got to walk in on this earth. It's already been given to you. It's all the scriptures I read. Are you hearing what I'm saying? When you got saved and born again, all of the kingdom of God became yours. Everything in the kingdom became yours. The Bible says you were translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. It's only when the devil talks you into going back and acting like you used to that he steals the promises from you or steals the benefits from you. Let me put it that way. It's only when the devil gets in and twists you around and gets you all distracted and you're not awake to see what's going on that then you start messing up and then he starts coming into your life in guilt and shame and whatever. So therefore, you don't talk to your heavenly father. You don't have a relationship with him. You think he's mad at you. You're dealing with God on some some kind of like earthly relational level and you don't really walk in the victory that God gave for you. And then you start blaming him that he's not doing something when the whole fact is it's you. But see, we don't want to. This, we live in a generation right now that does not want to take responsibility for their actions. They always want to blame somebody else. Hello. <clears throat> that tactic of blaming somebody else comes from the devil. It's the truth. Go look it up. Throughout the scriptures, the devil always worked in people to say, no, right at the very first, Adam says, oh, that woman you gave me. <laughs> God's standing right there, and he just lied right to God. Well, it was, I didn't do anything. It was the woman you gave me. 
Salvation's more than that. God's not lost, forsaken you. God's not lost you in the, the problems of life. It's that you haven't turned to him. Amen. You've allowed the devil to distract you. Tell you that you don't have power. You don't have victory. Salvation's more than just getting you to heaven. It's your everyday life. It's your relationship. It's everything. The second thing you've got to do is you have got to set your free will in the hands of God. This is called lordship in religious terms, but in just everyday common talk terms, it's your free will. What are you going to do with your free will? Are you going to trust that God will take you and make something great out of you and bless you and get you where you need to be? Or, or do you still want to have control? Do you trust him with the steering wheel of your life? Listen, I can tell you all right now, I, I, I'm, I'm about to turn 60, and I am not in the place that I thought I'd be at 60 years old. I'm not anywhere close. My boat sailed with Jesus and ended up in a place that I had no earthly idea I'd be. But you know what? It's been a good ride. And I'm glad because I see my family and I see my my children and grandchildren saved and serving the Lord, and, and, and I see good things out of it, and I've, I've seen y'all grow, and, and I've seen, you know, all these good things in life, and I'm glad Jesus has had the steering wheel of our boat. Got an awesome wife who loves me. You know what I'm saying? I, it's been good, but it, I ain't where I thought I was going to be. When I gave him my, when he became the Lord of my life, man, I ended up over here, and this is not where I thought I would be, not where I wanted to be, not even where I want to be sometimes. Are y'all with me? I mean, there's times I just want to say, let somebody else make the decisions. I'd like to just sit on the back row for a change. Take a nap. Y'all all look back there in the back row. Who's taking a nap on the back row? <laughs> yeah, I'd like to come to church, get some sleep. But you know, the thing is, the thing is, is that, it, yeah, it seems scary sometimes, but I guarantee you, I'd rather Jesus have hold of the rope of my life than trusting that I could do it better. The moment you give up your free will, the moment you sit back and you say, Lord, I trust you. I want to serve you. See, a lot of people think, well, I don't want to be a missionary in Ethiopia. Well, that doesn't have anything to do with it. You don't know what God's going to do. It's not like he's going to, you know, oh, okay, so, you know, you're going to go, you're going to become a nun. You're like, I don't want to be a nun. I'm scared to give you my free will. Oh, come on. I've told y'all that story that I just knew when I was dealing with this early on that God was going to send me to Ethiopia. I, I saw this program. I saw, and it was one of these ones where they're, Flies are all over the kid's face. It's just the most horrible conditions ever. And, it was, and, and so it was like, I just knew if I said, okay, Lord, I'll do whatever you want me to. We were on a plane the next day to Ethiopia. I just knew it. I was like, just in my gut, I knew it. I said, oh, God. So one night I was outside and I was under the stars and I started praying. And I said, I said Lord, I don't want to go to Ethiopia. And I, if I've ever heard God speak, he spoke to me. He said, why would I send you to Ethiopia? You know nothing. <laughs> And I was like, 
That's right. Why would I go? I don't know anything. I don't even, I'm not even really firm in the Bible or nothing. I don't know nothing. Why would he send me to go to be a missionary in Ethiopia? What am I going to teach anybody? I don't know nothing. So it's like, okay, that's good. And sometimes Christians, we get this crazy idea, but I'm talking about submitting your, your, your life to the Lord and trusting in him and calling and knowing that he is going to take you and get you where you need to be. This lordship, this trust is brings power into your life because you're trusting in, you know, the creator of the world, who's also your heavenly father. OK, the third thing is, is that you have got to become aware. Aware. I joke with my wife all the time. I say, when you go into the store and you park your car, please look at what did you where did you park the car? Look at your surroundings. See, don't walk out of the store and say, oh, where did I park? No. Look at there. You were at, you know, C right here, you know, or something. Find something. Be aware of your circumstances and your surroundings. That's how people get, you know, that's how people lose their car. That's how people get abducted. Right. Because they don't know where they are. They're just walking around. Yeah. (laughs) So so as Christians, we're doing the same thing. You're walking around unaware that what you're saying, what you're doing What's coming out of your mouth, what's emitting from your whole being isn't godly. You're not being aware of it. Because it said in Titus there, it says desire righteousness. Somebody says, man, I, don't have, I can't make friends. I don't have any friends. Nobody likes me. The first place I would look is inside you. I say, why? You know, maybe... Let's just leave it at that. I don't want to pull an Ivan. <laughs> you know, so what, what I'm saying is that, you know, maybe it's you. But see, oh, couldn't be me. I, I'm, I, I feel that I'm perfect. Everything, the world needs to adjust to me. Okay, now we're starting to get the picture. What's wrong? Hello? It says, the proverb says, if a man desires friends, he must show himself friendly. Amen. Isn't that interesting? Amen. My point is, we've got to become aware of, are we doing anything that is not pleasing to the Lord? That takes time with him, asking him, saying, Lord, am I unpleasing to you? And what am what am I doing is, is my speech, is my whatever. Am I unpleasing? Is, am I not honoring you? Am I not trusting you? When you start to do these things, these three things, you start to realize what salvation is, that you've got more. You've got the whole deal. You begin to make Jesus Lord. You, you're, you're giving your free will over to him. You're trusting him. And you desire to do what's right. Well, then the next step just happens. Grace starts abounding towards you. Grace is God's power. It's, grace is a powerful thing. Grace is not just God saying, eh, okay, I forgive you of that mistake. Grace is power. Grace is the power of God abounding towards you. That's God's power making up for everything that you're lacking. That's what grace is. It starts abounding towards you because all of a sudden, man, you know you're saved. You've, you, you know he's your Lord, and now you're just desiring to be righteous like him, so grace starts abounding in your life. 
Then all of a sudden a trial comes up and you're like, Lord, I just think you're going to get me through this thing. Yeah, you you're just the person there. He abounds towards you and then you walk through it and you have victory and you chalk it up. He did that one. Go on to the next one. Let me just ask you a question. Since we just went through what we went through with the snow, how many of y'all will probably next, let's just say probably next December, put a few extra fittings, PVC fittings in a box in your garage? Huh? How many of y'all probably do that? Yeah, 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 yeah. Why? Because you learned through the trial that there weren't going to be any the next day. Right? Well, when you start desiring righteousness, you start seeing the grace abound towards you and grace starts abounding towards you. And you're like, Lord, I think you're going to get me through this. You start to see this miracle power move in your life. You get smarter. And when you get smarter, then the power of God's working more for you all the time. Then you accomplish the next one. Then you accomplish the next one. Then a, then a big woolly one comes up. And you're like, ooh, that's a little different. That's a little different than before, Lord. Wow. I just think your grace is going to get me through it. So you may have to make a few maneuvers, but then you get through that one. And then you start talking it up. And then it brings you to the next step here. You start looking for your, your eternal destiny. Folks, listen to me. I know this sounds like just a saying, but I am not living for this world. I'm not living for for accolades and, you know, a giant ranch with my name on it or anything like that on this earth. I'm living for the other side because I know it's for eternity. The other day when we gave this offering and met all the needs that they had down there at the orphanage, I felt so good because I was like, wow, Lord, here we go. Boom, we just busted that old poverty spirit right in the mouth. And we built for eternal rewards. Eternal rewards. I'm like your stockbroker. I've always told you this. I just made y'all a great investment in heaven. You're going to get on the other side and found a whole new addition on your mansion. Didn't even know where this come from. I don't remember doing this. I passed Robert. He sold that money over there and got that thing in there for you. That's what's happening. My point is you've got to start looking for eternal things. Folks, listen to me. Jesus is coming back. I don't know when. I don't know when. I'm not going to sit here and tell you dates and stuff like that. I heard this years ago. I'll just say this years and years and years ago. I cannot tell you who the minister was. I've forgotten. I've tried to remember, but I can't remember. That a minister told me that in every generation, there is an antichrist, a person who is antichrist, that could be the antichrist, that in every generation he is there ready to take over and to start the new age. But, He's either, it either fails, it's prayed down, it's not the timing of God, whatever. But in every generation, there's one. Okay? So what I'm telling you is the devil's poised right now. He would love to just set up a new world order, just bring in right everything you've ever read in the book of Revelation. He'd love to see it happen right now. But you know what? I'm not really too afraid. Because again, I already read the Bible. I already read my book. I already know he doesn't win, but I do know there's a word there that kind of bothers me. It's the word tribulation. Because I like the word, it doesn't say, and when the comfort starts. <laughs> Hello? Oh, we're just about to move in the dispensation of the age of comfort. Ooh, yeah. No. It's called. The tribulation. 
So they don't sound like much fun. Right? Brother Ivan was telling me how to start watching the series alone. Never had seen it before. It's where the survivalists go out there, 10 survivalists out in the middle. They drop them out in the woods, and whoever stays the longest wins a uh, half million dollars or something crazy like that. I started watching it. I watched a little bit, and I thought, why? Why would any human being want to do this? I mean, after the guy, one guy, you know, he hadn't eaten in seven days. I'm like, why? Why do I do this? Why? Why torture yourself like that? Just to say, I did it my way. (laughs) Y'all with me, church? I'm looking for my eternal destiny. I'm looking for heaven. I'm wanting to build my mansion over there. I'm wanting to take over and see what, 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 how many people we can get to heaven. I want to see heaven populated and hell plundered. All right? So then, so now this is happening in your life. This Titus effect is going. You realize what salvation is. You've given your free will to the Lord. You become aware and desiring to live for righteousness. You, you're, you're believing that his grace is, and is, is the power in your life, Right? And now you're looking for your eternal destiny. You're looking for the coming of the Lord. You're looking for the, that moment, okay? So then that leaves you with this. You're supposed to be telling others they're going the wrong way. You have a responsibility as Christians. If you know Jesus and you're around somebody that doesn't know Jesus, you have a responsibility to be telling them about it or encouraging them in that way. Now, you know, you don't want to just look at people and say, you know, you're going to burn in hell. You don't, you don't get real far with that. I mean, sometimes you want to do that just because you just want to be mean. You know? It's like cussing in religion. You're going to burn in hell. But it's our responsibility to tell others they're going the wrong direction. Right now, there's a lot of people going the wrong direction. There's a lot of people caught up in themselves. A lot of people are so selfish and self-centered right now. I've never, it's just like it's like an epidemic of selfish, self-centered people. Okay? And it's our job as Christians to tell them they're going the wrong way. All right? And the last thing about the Titus effect was simply this. You've got to speak it out of your mouth. You've got to speak it out of your mouth. Timothy says that if I, that in, 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 in Timothy, it says that if you, your tongue is lined up, no, excuse me, in James, if your tongue is lined up, You become a perfect man. But he says, oh, oh, how hard. I'm paraphrasing. It is to control your tongue. He said, the fires of hell are upon it. (laughs) (sighs) So you've got to change. We've all got to change. We've all got to get to this place to when trials and tribulations come, we're believing for the abundant grace of God, the abounding grace of God to come flooding into our souls. We're looking to Jesus to come back. We're saying, Lord, we're here. We're your servants. Lord, what are we going to do? You're aware of any unrighteous thing you may be doing that you need to alter and change. Hello? And then all of a sudden, what's going to happen? You're going to start to see the effects of grace coming upon your life. You're going to start to abound in grace. It's going to start to work in you. You're going to overcome that trial. You're going to overcome that tribulation. Proverbs tells us that 
People are discouraged. I'm again paraphrasing. People are discouraged because their prayers didn't get answered the way they thought they would. It also says that they're discouraged because they don't believe there's a good future. But if you're sitting around believing that the God who created the heavens and earth and all they're in is your Father, and His grace has given you everything in life, then how can you be discouraged? Well, I just tell. Yeah, because of what you're listening to inside your head. The whispers of the devil discouraging you that God is not doing what He said He'd do. So in reality, the Titus effect comes down to trust. Are you going to trust that God's going to do what He said He'd do? So I believe with all of my heart, I believe with all of my heart that we're coming into a time to where you're going to see God moving more in Christians' lives. It's not that He's moving more, it's that we've become awake, therefore He can move. Let me put it that way. Are y'all, that makes more sense. It's not like, all right, I guess I'll do something. And so God's going to move. No, it's you're coming awake to what's always been yours. And now you're using it. You're getting your batteries charged and your motors are starting. Now you're driving your car down the road. Ah, this works so good. Been pushing it. Come on, Sally, push it. I'll steer. But now all of a sudden it started. Sally ain't got to push no more. And we're going to see this happening because you're going to come awake and you're going to begin to behold it. Man, I'll never forget. Let me just put it this way. This is it. I'm closing. I came home 35 years ago, walked in the door of my house. My wife was sitting on the, on the couch and she was crying. That's never good, guys, when you walk in the house. And so being the compassionate husband I was, I said, what's wrong with you? <laughs> this is before I knew Jesus. And I'll never forget, it's, it's etched in my mind. She looked up with tears in her eyes and she said, it's real. And I said, what's real? And she said, Jesus. And it took me back for just a second. I said, no, woman, let me tell you what's real. What's real is we're going broke. What's real is we're losing everything. What's real is I don't have a job. What's real is that the world is being destroyed around us. That's what's real. But she was right that day. Two weeks later, I went to blow my brains out and met that same Jesus. Changed my life forever. My point is, he is real. And we've got to become awake to how real he is in our life. And the moment you do that, your life forever changes. Amen? So I want you to do some. Just put your Bibles up. Don't turn me off. I'm still on. Stand up if you would. Now, this is for everybody. I want everybody in, in here just to give, the, give everybody around you some, some privacy. Just Everybody just kind of close, close your eyes and bow your heads for just a moment. Let's just look inside of our hearts. But for everyone out there watching, everyone in here, listen to me. If you don't know Jesus is real, you don't know that he died on a cross. You don't know that he loves you. You don't know that there is this overwhelming love in heaven that wants to just abound and overwhelm you. 
You don't know that. You don't know that's real. You've never known God that way. You've always known him as a religious figure, but you don't know him as your personal Lord and Savior. Then I want to tell you, he wants to come in your life. All you have to do is invite him. All you have to do is open the door. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10, verse 9, that if you would confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is the Lord and Savior, that he that you will be saved and he will come into your life. That's all you have to do. So this morning, I want to pray with you. If you're out there watching or you're in this building and you want Jesus, that real Jesus, to come into your life, I want to pray with you. So let me just lead you through a prayer. Just say, Jesus, come into my life. I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you died for me. And today I invite you into my life. Thank you for forgiving me of my sins. Thank you for becoming real to me. Thank you, Jesus, for eternal life. And if you prayed that prayer from your heart right now, I'm telling you, the Spirit of God has come inside of you. You've been born again. Your spirit man is alive to God now, and he will continue to pour into your life. So be encouraged and be of good cheer. For you in here today, let me have my prayer team come down. But you that are in here today, listen to me. If you want to, if you need prayer, we're up here to pray with you. If you've never really made Jesus your Lord or you want to rededicate your life this morning or whatever, they're here to pray with you. But listen to me, church. Grace is abounding towards you. You've just got to open up your heart and allow him. So I'm going to pray for you. And then we have our prayer team here, dismiss you, and then God bless you. It's going to be good. So, Father, right now, I ask you just to bless the congregation, bless the people. Lord, I ask you to pour out your grace and mercy upon them. Lord, as as they just desire to be with you, I thank you, Jesus, that you become real to them. Bless them this day, Lord God. Pour yourself out upon them and let them see your grace and power working in their lives. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. God bless you, church. We're here to pray for if you need to.